You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Glory to God. Let's see a few scriptures. Uh, I want to share with you briefly, and then we will pray. And I call this, Don't Run from the Battle. Say, Don't Run, don't run. from the Battle. Yeah, you need, you need to face whatever battle is before you. Don't run away. Okay? If, if any battle shows up, I'm telling you it's an opportunity for you. When you run away from battles, you run away from opportunities. Opportunities for greatness. Opportunities for victories. Let's look at the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, Exodus 13, verse 17. This was um, as God was, was taking them out of the land of Egypt. Verse 17 says, Then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go. <laughs> uh, how many people know that Pharaoh did not let them go willingly? He was compelled. And that's the way God is going to compel the enemy to let go. He's going to let go of you. He's going to let go of your children. He's going to let go of your family. We must, we must release the judgments of God upon him so that he's compelled. He's compelled to let go. Hmm? He's compelled to let go of your destiny. He's compelled to let go of our land. Do you agree? Yeah. He's compelled to let go of our city. The souls in this city must be saved. Amen. We are not going to allow the enemy to own those souls. In the realm of the spirit, souls are very precious, both to God and to Satan. So the battle, a lot of times, is always related to the souls. Even the battle for resources is still linked to souls. Because Satan knows that if you have the resources you're supposed to have, then you can be a blessing. You can use that money to reach more souls. So he will fight. He will fight. The battle for your health is for souls. Because he knows if you're healthy especially, if you have a heart for the kingdom of God, for the will of God, he knows that if, if he can keep you grounded, then you won't be able to do much. Or if he knows that you are prayerful, he'll want to stop you from praying. So he will attack your health. He will stop you if he knows that you, that as you keep reading your Bible. How many people are, re are following the reading plan? Yes, please be faithful. Because God is doing things in your life already. 
He knows that when you get the word into you, you are going to become more dangerous and more useful to God. You are going to be dangerous to the enemy, but useful to God, and you can now affect other lives. So he will stop you from reading the Bible. Why? Because of souls. So when you look at it, everything is linked to souls. That's the bottom line. So you think that it's just because the devil doesn't want you to, to have good things of life and all of that? Um, in a way, yes, but not completely true. He doesn't want you to be a blessing. He will do all he can. All right? Oh, so re let's read on. It, then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines. This was a shorter route. God would not lead them through that land. Okay? Although that was near, for God said, <laughs> lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to where? To Egypt. Can you see that? God says there is a shorter route to take them to Canaan, but I'm not going to take them that route. Because they are going to see war. And when they see war, they will turn their backs and go back to Egypt and go and say to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, look, although Pharaoh is dead, the new Pharaoh, They'll go and meet the new Pharaoh. You know what? It's just Moses. Honestly, it was not our intention <laughs> to, 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 to leave. We are ready to serve you. Whatever you want, just, you know, just, just receive us. We really apologize. If you want us to serve hard labor, we are okay, we are okay with that. Just, just receive us. And let's, let's strike a deal. We will never attempt this again. In fact, we will not allow anyone to come and convince us. Like Moses, that Moses, he was something else. Very persuasive. No? Look at how he convinced us. We didn't want to leave. In fact, we, didn't, in fact, we wanted to stay and serve you. Huh? So they will go back and they will sign a pact with Pharaoh. So God saw that. God saw that, and so God decided not to take them that route. He took them through the Red Sea. <laughs> How can you cross the Red Sea? You can't go back. That's why they were so mad at Moses. Because they knew that there was no way to get back to Egypt. They were always lamenting. If only we were in Egypt. The cucumbers of Egypt. Huh? The onions of Egypt. The garlic of Egypt. So they, all they could do was lament and curse Moses. Huh? They curse Moses, accuse Moses and God of bringing them through this hardship. But why did God take them through the wilderness? 
<laughs> yeah, he wanted to prepare them for war. So God led the people around the wave, verse 18, of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. They didn't know what was coming. So a lot of times God is leading you. He doesn't show you. He doesn't show you the battles that are coming. Do you get my point? He doesn't show you the battles that are coming. Why am I saying this? There are some battles we, you are going to face this year. Don't run from them. They are to prepare you for some major, major victories. Major testimonies. Is that okay? Is this motivational? What do you call this? This is truth. This is the word of God. So God would take them. He took them through the Red Sea. Why? Lest when they see war, they turn their backs and go to Egypt. I have news for you. Many people are turning their backs today. Right? They see war and they say, oh no, this is too much for me. They see challenges and they say, this is too much for me. Hmm? They see hardship and they say, this is too much for me. But I want you to know that you are stronger than whatever comes your way. You might not believe it, you might not think it, you might not even feel it. It's okay. But God has seen that you have what it takes. That's why he allowed it to come your way. So, I want you to tell yourself, I'm not going to run from the battle. I will not run from the battle. Yes. Doesn't matter what it is. I'm ready to face it. I might not like it. But I will face it. If God allows it, guess what? It's for me. Do you agree with that? <laughs> Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Say, God is faithful. Say it as if you believe what you are saying. That's right. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Huh? So when you say you are not able, who is lying? Talk to me. Who is lying? Yeah. If it is coming to you, it's because you are able. It's because you are able. Why? Because the Bible tells us here, God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Yes? But with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Say, that's my God. That's my God. Hallelujah. So, 
He will not allow you to face any battle you, you have not already won in the spirit. It's a fixed match. It's a fixed fight. Yeah. So he has seen the victory already in you. And then he said, you just go in there and show them what you are made of. Huh? Show them what you are made of. God is faithful. So sometimes we behave as though God is not faithful. Lord, oh, why am I going through this? Why is this happening to me? What? Why are you being unfaithful to me? It's a lie. You're lying. He is faithful. He's faithful. Your feelings are telling you God is not faithful. And you believe your feelings. The enemy is telling you God is not faithful. And you believe the enemy. People are telling you God is not faithful. And you believe them. Huh? Your situation is telling you God is not faithful. And you believe it. You better believe the word of God. In fact, you should take this scripture, write it, stick it on your mirror. Every time you face your mirror, you, 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 you read it out to yourself. <laughs> and tell yourself, there is nothing I'm going to face today that I'm not able to deal with. Hallelujah. So don't run from the battle. Don't run. Don't ever run from the battle. The battle is good for you. <laughs> I know it's hard to think that way. But believe me, it's good for you. It is good for you. I, I mean, I don't enjoy some of the things I'm going through, but it's okay. I know it's good. Hallelujah. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Here, this is where we see the Philistines have been harassing the Israelites, you know, for, for a whole month. Every day. I mean, they gather together for battle. And every day, Goliath will come out. Who is able to face me? Anybody. Just, just come. If you defeat me, we will serve you. If you don't defeat me, you serve us. Fair deal, isn't it? Oh, that's fair. Whoever wins gets the goods. Hmm? Yeah. So, nobody can go against this guy. Why? This guy is tall. He's taller than everyone. He's well built. And even his voice, the sound of his voice, my goodness. It just reverberates in the entire atmosphere, reaching to the end of the camp. A giant's voice. It's not like my voice. <laughs> the voice has its own natural effects of intimidation. 
Hallelujah. Huh? That's how sometimes you look at some situations and you are so intimidated. How many people have been there before? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. When you're dreading that phone call. Yes, you're dreading that situation. And it's like, no, please, I don't even want to hear it. You are avoiding it. But here it is in their faces. They have nowhere to hide. And even King Saul, who is the tallest man in Israel, was weakened by the voice of this man. The tone of his voice, this, his physique, his confidence. Nobody. Everyone is sitting there just looking. They will listen, 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 and go back to their camp. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Huh? They go to their war room, come back with nothing. No strategy. No, nobody even thought about God. Nobody thought about God. They're just looking physically at the situation. Until God decided to remedy the situation. And he causes Jesse, the father of David, to send his son to take food to his brothers. You know all those brothers that looked kingly? You remember when Samuel went to anoint David? I mean, David didn't look like a king, kingly material. But his brothers did. Samuel even looked, wow, the Lord's anointed is before me. And the Lord said, no, I've rejected him. I don't look at outward appearance. I look at the heart. I know what I have put in who I want to anoint. I can see the heart of this one. This one will run from the battle. Yeah, this one is not different from Saul. Then another one comes. Same story. Another one, same story. Another one. Until all the, all the boys are finished. And Samuel says, Are these all your sons? Oh. By the way, there is another one. How come? How can a father forget? Huh? How can a father forget his son? The instruction was, bring all your boys. Why didn't he just send for David? Why didn't he just say, okay, hold on, hold on. There's one out. Uh, let's send for him. No, he didn't even remember. Why? Because David was the most unlikely candidate. The most unlikely. If God will choose anyone, if God will use anyone, not you. You don't even sound like it. You don't have the confidence. You don't have the charisma. Come on. You don't have the leadership skills. The, you don't have the right skill sets. Come on. So everything was against David. His brothers, they had it all together. <laughs> when you look at it, naturally speaking, the right personality. Come on. This one 
He's a born leader. This one is a born leader. In fact, from childhood, he has always shown, displayed leadership. David didn't have any of that. The only thing he knew is how to obey. Go to the bush, go and do this, and he go and do it. Huh? He knew how to protect the sheep. Hallelujah. He knew how to lay his life down, risk his life. He didn't run away from the lion. When the lion came against him, he didn't run. He says, no, you're not going to touch any of this. He risked his life because of his love for the sheep. Huh? But unknown to him, God was watching. God was watching. Yeah, you better be careful because God is watching you. He's watching how you deal with every situation. I'm telling you. He's watching. Huh? So he goes and, I mean, opens the mouth of the lion and rescues this lamb. My, oh my. And obviously, if he comes back to tell his brothers, they won't even believe him. What are you trying to tell us? You? You. You're just dreaming. I don't know times you've told people your dreams. And people say, you? To do this? Forget it. I think you just had too much pizza. Yeah. Yeah. They don't believe you. You know, I'm trusting God for this. We're, king. we're trusting God. Every household in Midran. Come on, we're going to reach 10%. Hey. Like this? Ah. You guys are dreaming. Do you have what it takes? Do you know what it requires? Do you know how many millions you have to spend? Do you know how much it costs? You don't have anything. Just keep quiet. Leave, allow those that have it to do it. He risked his life when the lion came. When the bear came. Same story. Where, the question is, where did God, I mean, where did David get the confidence? Huh? Where did he get the confidence to take on a lion or a bear? Do you know how strong a bear is? You, can, you don't even want to try it. It can lift your car up. Poof. That small boy, he took hold of it for the sheep. And God was watching. Amen? He didn't run away from the battle. Yes? He ran to the battle. Which is different from other people. In the whole of Israel, nobody could run towards Goliath. No one. God is like, this is an opportunity for someone to shine. This is an opportunity for someone to become a champion. This is an opportunity for someone to wipe away the reproach of Israel. The entire nation was being reproached. This man was cursing the, the nation of Israel. 
cursing at them. He will defy the armies of God. And these guys, I'm telling you, they're there shaking day and night until Jesse, unknowing, tells David, take food to your brothers. Hmm? And David is going. He has his sling and he has his stones. Huh? He's always carrying his sling. Ever ready for battle. <laughs> yes? Ever ready for battle. And when he gets there, he now sees what is going on and he's amazed. Who is this? Why is this man talking like this? I mean, this guy has been like that for 40 days, morning and evening. Can you imagine that? For 40 days, this guy will come out. And obviously, we know what will happen. Eventually, Israel will be taken hostage if God does not do something about it. And all the people God was relying on, nobody, none of them, had the guts to face this giant. For the sake of time, um, let's look at verse 1. Okay, let's, let's, let's look at verse... Uh, I want to skip some things. You read the whole chapter when you get home, okay? David was, he was, he was upset. But look at, first of all, when David was inquiring about what will be done for the guy that takes care of this problem. Huh? They now tell him about the tax exemption. They tell him about the, um, the king giving him his daughter and all of that. If he takes away the reproach from Israel. And verse 27, the people answered him in this manner, saying, So it shall be, it will be done to the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. Can you see? The Eliab syndrome has hindered many people from going into the battles that God has ordained for their promotion. Can you see? He gets angry. I mean, Eliab, what's your problem? You've been here for 40 days. You didn't solve this problem. And I come to solve this problem. And I'm even considering, I've not even done anything. I'm just trying to take stock and to assess the situation. And you're already attacking me. Hmm? He was aroused against David and he said, Why did you come down here? First of all, was he not sent to bring food to him? Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left the few sheep in the wilderness? Ha! I know your pride and the insolence of your heart. For you have come down to see the battle. 
Where, who is fighting? Huh? Who is fighting for God's sake? God brought David to rescue them. But this man, he would not see it. He says the pride of your heart. So you see, sometimes when you are confident, people think you are proud. I've seen it many times. Be careful how you call people proud. Because what you call pride to God might not be pride. It's just confidence. Confidence in who God is. Confidence in the word of God. Sometimes faith can appear to be proud. Hmm? What is humble about allowing Goliath to continue doing what he's doing? Is that humility? That's not humility. Maybe it's a version of pride. <laughs> it's fear. Hallelujah. So, and David said to him, what have I done now? So you can see that this is not the first time. Okay, what have I done this time? What have I done this time? Maybe after he was anointed by Samuel, they began to castigate him. Look at you, the youngest. You think you can be our king. Did I anoint myself? <laughs> so now he has come, they say he's proud. Hmm? Don't allow anyone to accuse you of pride. They used to accuse me in those days. They said I was demon possessed. Can you imagine? Yeah, I was accused of being demon possessed. Why? Because I was saying, no, God, you know, we want to see God move. We want. And they call my mom and say, this is your son. You need to talk to him. He's a proud boy. He's influencing other young people to behave like him. Why? We're pursuing God. And they say it's pride. Ah! In fact, mine was worse. They said demons. <laughs> I don't know what they've said about you, but it's okay. You're in good company. Amen? Amen? Then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. So in other words, Saul has been announcing to the whole camp, anyone, listen, if any of you, if any of you can kill this guy, this is what you will have. So everybody knew. Nobody was daring enough. Except this young lad. Okay? So, let's skip down. Uh, verse, verse 30. 32, David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. <laughs> this is a young guy in his teens. Huh? Probably about 14, 15, maximum 16. He said, guys, just chill. I'll sort this problem out for you. Is that does that not sound prideful? I mean, naturally, 
Yeah, from what, what you understand about pride. Huh? That sounds... Can you imagine this boy? I mean, experienced soldiers are here. Huh? They are not able to sort this out. Then, 16-year-old. He's saying them, don't worry. I'll sort it out. <laughs> Let me tell you, when you see somebody talk like that, know that God is at work. Don't, don't assess it naturally. Look at it with the mind of the Spirit. Because it's unlikely for any natural person to behave like that. To respond like that to a situation. Are you getting me? Yeah. So he says, don't worry. I will go and fight with this Philistine. <laughs> I'm going to fight with him, guys. Then Saul said to him, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. You are a youth. And he's a man of war from his youth. My Lord, I love David. He's one of my heroes. I look forward to meeting him in heaven. Amen. No, and I have a lot of questions for him. A lot of questions when I meet him. Yes, I hear that he dances a lot in heaven. Somebody met him in heaven and he was just dancing all the time. Is this surprising? No. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when the lion or bear came and took the lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it. Can you see? Going after it. He could have said, oh, I have the other sheep. The other sheep, you know, and they will give birth. They will, you know. Yeah, I'm, I mean, sheep reproduce, right? Yeah, the other sheep. But no, this guy went after it. That's the kind of spirit we need today. We need Christians with this kind of spirit. Amen. Yeah, who will go for it? Sometimes Satan can come. You are discipling somebody. Satan just comes and takes the person. You know what I'm talking about. You need to go after it. Go after that lion. Go after that bear. And fight it. Hallelujah. He says, I went after it. I, yeah, I, against it. And I caught it by its beard. And struck and killed it. Whew. Courage. Say courage. courage. Yeah, that's courage. Do you think he had a bit of fear? It's possible. You see, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is you doing what you are supposed to do in the midst of the fear. So even when you feel afraid, you say, the Lord is with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you take that step. You defy that fear. Because the enemy uses fear to try to stop you from, from moving forward. Okay? So, he says, I struck it. Yes? And killed it. Next verse. He says, your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Woo! 
He's going to be just like the lion that I killed. Just like the bear that I killed. Seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Can you see that? Why? Is it because David had some hatred towards Goliath? No. Because Goliath dared to defy the armies of the living God. The God of Israel. Hmm? Let's read on. Look at it. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Huh. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. I mean, even Saul could not stop him. Saul could see that this boy has something. This boy has something. He says, My boy, go. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. He did not run from the battle. Listen, if you've been running away from battles, stop it. Turn to someone and say, stop it, stop it. Don't run away. Yeah, don't run anymore. Doesn't matter the size of the giant. The size of the giant is commensurate to the size of the victory. Is that not so? The size of the giant is commensurate to the size of your testimony. The quality of your testimony. So listen, if it's a Goliath, I say, welcome, Goliath. It's time for me to make headlines. Make headlines. Hallelujah. And that's, 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 that's David talking. Hmm? David, Saul clothed David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with, with a coat of mail. <laughs> huh? And what happens? David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk for it. He had not tested them. I like that. It's not being tested. Now, the same armor that you could not use to defeat Goliath, you want to dress me in that. Come on. Why? Why should I? He says, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Come on, take off every armor that you have not tested. Every armor that does not have a testimony, take it off your life. Hallelujah. There's no testimony with Saul's armor. The armor that Saul is clothing David with is the armor of limitation. It's the armor of limitation. I can't even walk with this. You can't take steps with those armors. So take it off. Take it off. Hallelujah. So David took it off. Then he took his staff in his hand. I like that. He's a shepherd boy. He took his staff. And he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. Huh? Put them in his shepherd's bag. In a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. This is what I am used to. Hallelujah. So you see, your testimonies are vital because at the times of battle, you need to bring out your testimonies. Bring out records of what God did in the past. Yeah, bring them out because you need them. 
don't use anybody's armor that you have not tested. Because your testimony is a product, it's a, it's, it's a product of what God has used to grant you victory in the past. So you need that. That gives you confidence. That gave David confidence. And he drew near to the Philistine. Come on, let's read on. Time is going. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. Can you see this man's shield is so big that he even needed someone to carry his shield. That's what he's coming against David with. Now, think about the giant. Think about this teenager. With a bag, a staff, and a sling. With some stones in the back. And he's coming. Hallelujah. I like that. Woo! When the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. Sometimes when people look at you, they disdain you. Huh? They look at you. They size you up. And they say, is this the person coming for me? Is it, is, is it, is it this one they sent? Of all people, this is the one they sent to me. I need to make an example of him. Yeah, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. He was too smooth. His no scars, huh? Handsome young man with red hair, <laughs> and he's looking. A, a, a mother is about to lose her son. A father is about to lose his son. He was so confident. And so the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his God. You see, that's exactly what he was doing for 40 days. Cursing the Israelites. In the name of his God. Now David is coming. Am I a dog? You come to me with sticks. I mean... People go to battle with spears, you know, in those days. Shield, swords, and, and you know, they have, they're fully armed. You just come with a stick. With sticks, sticks, sticks. Is that not what you use for dogs? So he has reduced himself to the, side, to the, to, to the dog class. Hallelujah. Let's read on. Come on. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Come, come, come. Your flesh, I'm going to cut you to pieces. And the birds are going to have a party. Huh? Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you defy. Yes. You know, David, I love this guy. Think about it. This guy is experienced. He's fully armed. And David is coming. He said, you come with all these weapons. I come in the name. In the name of the Lord of hosts. Remember Jehovah Sabbath? The Lord of hosts. So David had a revelation of the Lord of hosts. He had a revelation of the Lord of hosts 
The rest of the Israelites didn't have that revelation. That's what gave him confidence. You need to know him as the Lord of hosts. The Lord of the armies. Jehovah Sabaoth. Yeah, he came to him in the name of Jehovah Sabaoth. Right? He came to him in the name of Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of the... Um, uh, the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And look at what he says. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Come on, say prophecy. Prophetic statement, prophetic declarations are part of what you use in your battle. You need your testimony, but you need declarations. You need your testimony, you need a revelation of Jehovah Sabaoth. So you take your testimony, yes, your past victories. Then you take your revelation of Jehovah Shabbat, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of the armies. And then you take your prophetic word in your mouth. Yes, you need to use your mouth. Start speaking. Start declaring things. Look at that situation and say, you come to me. With I don't know how many decades, how many centuries of experience, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Or I come to you in the name of the ancient of days who has been there before you. Yes. He says, I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what to do when you are faced with a battle. Not run away from it. Run to it. Because it's an opportunity to glorify God. It's an opportunity for testimony. It's an opportunity to silence the enemy. It's an opportunity to put the enemy where he belongs. That's, that's, that's my God. Yes, God likes such people. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into my hands. This is a young lad talking like this. Imagine. How? Where did he get these words from? Where did he get this wisdom from? Where did he get this courage from? You see, God... I believe God took over him. Yes, the Spirit of God, the anointing came over him. The kingly anointing came over David. And you remember, I've told you before, that the kingly anointing is for war. And he has made us kings and priests. So he has made you a warrior already. But if, if you don't step into that anointing, it will not manifest. He took that step and that anointing showed up. And he began to speak, inspired by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Yes. Then, so it was when the Philistine arose and came, drew near to meet David. David ran away. Huh? David did what? He hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. You, you, see, you see that? I, I just love this guy. If it's other people, hey, where is the next bush to hide? <laughs> eh, is that not so? Yeah. That situation that is resisting you, 
You need to run to it. You need to run to it. Don't run away from it. I don't care the size. I don't care the size. You need to go before it in the name of the Lord of hosts. Face it. Face it. He ran to meet the Philistine. Let's read on. Come on. We're almost finished. Then David put his hand in his bag. He's running. He's running. And he put his hand in his bag. He brings out the stone. Come on. Ha. Woo. And then he slung it. Oh, he struck the Philistine in the head. Look at that. Boom. On his forehead. I'm sure there was an angel that, that helped that stone. Direct it. Because this, this one is not just the skill of David. This is the Lord of hosts. Do you understand? It's the God of the armies of Israel that is with David. You, when you will take that step, when you take that step, when you face the battle, when you run towards the battle, God is going to show up. God is going to show up. You're depending too much on your natural abilities. That's why you are afraid. But this guy was not. So the stone sank into his forehead. That's why I say I believe there's an angel there. He just, I mean, the truth is, where have you seen a stone enter into somebody's forehead? It would hit and fall off. It sank. That's a missile. Hey, the angel transformed that stone into a missile. Pushed it into the forehead. Poof! What are you talking about? You defy the armies of Israel. Everyone is going to know today there is a God in Israel. That's what you get when you run to the battle and not run away from it. And he fell, right? He fell back to 40, uh, 49. He fell on his face on the earth. Can you see that? The thing hit him and he fell. Boom! Can you imagine the Philistines? A young lad took out a giant. Ha! This is interesting. Huh? It's a movie, good movie script. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out. No, no, no. Okay. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. 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 You might think you don't have what it takes. Maybe you don't have the means. But you have the Lord. That's what matters. You have the Lord. You might not have what it takes, naturally speaking, but you have the Lord. And if you have the Lord, you have the victory. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So he struck him. He prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a sword. And he struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. Can you see that? Listen, there was no sword in the hand of David, but there was a sword in the mouth of David. Hallelujah. 
There was no sword in his hand, but there was a sword in his mouth. The word of the Lord is the sword of the Spirit. So he spoke it. And the Lord confirmed his word. You need to use the sword in your mouth. The sword in your mouth. You might not have a sword in your hand, but you have one in your mouth. And you need to use it. Speak to that situation. Speak to that giant. And say, in the name of Jesus, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Cannot continue to intimidate me. Yes. Okay, let's finish. Let's finish. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of its sheath. The sword that he used, that he came with, he didn't even use it. He couldn't even touch it. There was no time to bring it out. David stood on top of him, put his hand, removed the sword. And what did he do? <laughs> he killed him. Yes? So that means that stone sank into his head. Maybe he was still struggling. David finished him. Yes. Hallelujah. Cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. That's what's going to be your testimony. Amen. They will flee from you Amen. if you will not flee from the battle. Amen. And after that, David became a national hero. When a battle comes, I want you to know it's an opportunity for you to become a hero of faith. It's an opportunity for you to be celebrated. It's an opportunity for you to make headlines in heaven. Maybe even on the earth. But definitely in heaven. Hallelujah. I think... Time is gone. Why don't we pray? Let's talk to the Lord. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.